Hey, hello, hi, welcome to and or back to the Equitheory podcast. I am your host, Jill Therese, and on this week's episode, I've got some things I want to talk about revolving around this ridiculous heat. Um, this is obviously a localized kind of issue because I live in the southern U.S., but oh my God, it's so hot, and I have some things that I want to share with you guys about that. But, you know, we got to run that intro music, so let's jump into it. Okay, guys, before we jump into the actual content of the episode, we do have to do the ad real fast. Okay, let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Alrighty, guys. I every time the music cuts off, I believe that's how I start. <laughs> I apologize, but you know what? Obnoxious, but consistent. That's uh, I believe Jazza. He's another YouTuber. He does art stuff. Forget if his channel name is just Jazza, but he always says obnoxious but consistent. I think, I think that's his joke. Um, anyway, credit where credit is due. So uh, before I, you know, dive into everything. I asked you guys to fill out the listener survey on the last episode, and it's been a couple of days, and I'm surprised that like 70-ish people have responded. Do you know how hard it is to get people to do a survey, and 70 of you did it? You guys rock. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted like thoughtful responses, because it really does help me out. I mean, the show is for me, but it's also for you guys, and so it's really helpful for me to like not just have like yes, no, but also like really thought out answers. And it doesn't take a lot, but I, I just, I really appreciate those of you that, um, you know, tell me where you're at and how you're feeling, what else you're into and what you want to hear on the podcast, what you like about it, what you don't. Um, and you guys are like super, super nice. So I've got some stuff I want to talk about, about that in a sec, but first I need to alert you all that today I am doing the Patreon live meeting. And just for those of you who don't know, uh, it's every month we jump on Discord on a voice video channel. It's like Zoom. I answer questions and they usually devolve from horse training into just personal life, people, things, and just talking with a bunch of people that also like horses and I don't know. It, it's it's very casual, but also educational. At least it tries to be. So if you guys are interested in that, check out the Patreon. I'll have that linked below. Um, and uh, on that listener survey, the reason I started that, I'm, I'm back on track, is uh, because some of you were like, I really like the starting out 
casual, just talking about what's going on, where you're at, some regular people life things before jumping into like any given topic, you know? And I, I like that too when I'm listening to podcasts. So um, <laughs> I have a, a random little update for those of you who are also fellow like skin strugglers that have issues with acne and hormones and allergies and stuff like that. Um, because listen to this. I was watching the H3 podcast the other day because they upload like three times a week and 90% of what I do is very tedious website stuff on my computer and I need something going on in the background. And they had um, this guy, I think his name is Martin. He is a water sommelier. And I have seen him on TikTok and I was like, well, whatever. But um, he was talking about how a lot of um, like city water, tap water has chlorine in it. And I have been struggling with my skin so hard. Like, I don't know for those, my audio visual listeners, I don't know if you can see on my hand here, maybe you can, that I, I've got some eczema. I got some in my elbow pit and in my armpit and my knee pits. And so I have to be really careful, like all summer sweating. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea how eczema works. I know it's an inflammatory condition and I'm trying to do everything diet wise to like help with that. But I'm also undoing like 20 years of bad dietary <laughs> habits. But, um, yeah. So like when I get really hot and I, I sweat and then it kind of like rubs and then, you know, I get like dust particles and usually grass and hay and I'm allergic to those mildly. I did five years of allergy shots. So <laughs> just a fun fact about Jill, <laughs> really wacky body. Um, but it, so whenever it like gets in those crevices, what a fun word it kind of like just turns into eczema. I don't know if that's how it works, but I've always gotten it in like the crevicey areas. So I just have to be really, really diligent about like when I go out and get hot and sweaty, like I'm always finding a hose and like rinsing the hay and stuff off my arm because it will just like dry out my skin instantly and it, it's it's bad. But um, beyond that, uh, here's the thing about the chlorine is... I, growing up when I was a kid, like when we go to horse shows or uh, like stay anywhere in a hotel for whatever reason, I couldn't sleep in the, in the sheets because my skin, it was so sensitive that if they didn't use a specific detergent, I would just break out in a rash all over my body. It was like so sensitive. So <laughs> my mom, I was telling her about this water thing and she was like, yeah, whenever we went on a trip, I had to bring your own sheets or like... And I remember going to horse shows and sleeping in sweatpants and a sweatshirt and bringing my own pillow or a blanket to like burrito in so that their stuff wouldn't touch me. Now it's fine as an adult after all the allergy shots and everything. But um, also when I was a kid, I had a problem with like going in swimming pools because it has chlorine in it and I would have to shower immediately to rinse the chlorine off or I would start breaking out in a rash and what's crazy is at the last farm I was at in Bismarck they had well water and it wasn't a problem like my skin was I had some acne but it wasn't super bad and uh I wasn't super struggling with the eczema uh but ever since I moved here oh my god my skin is terrible and, you know, I'm doing a lot changing my diet and what I'm doing hormonally and medications and stuff like that. But um, 
I, I just couldn't figure out, like, I'm, I'm doing everything right that I'm supposed to, trying to, like, you know, figure out why my body is doing these things, because, you know, I, I believe that all behavior has a purpose, and I kind of believe that when your body is doing something weird, you know, outside of, like, well, I mean, even then, like, if you have an underlying condition, your body's doing the things it's doing for a reason, it's because the condition is the reason, and I've been trying to, like, suss out what mine is, and other than, like, 20 years of bad diet, <laughs> but, um, so, I don't want to speak too soon, but watching this podcast and this water expert talking about, um, like, and I mean, he's not like a work for the government water expert. It's an independent thing. And, uh, I mean, I listened to the whole thing. He sounded pretty credible to me. And he was talking about how the, there's so much chlorine in the water. And then I got on TikTok and I just typed in like chlorine in shower water and watched people do different experiments of like how your skin really absorbs chlorine. Look it up on your own time. Um, it, it was interesting. And I was like, well, I know that from childhood, I'm allergic to chlorine. As an adult, it's not as bad, but I'm still probably mildly not okay with it. So, um, you know, he recommended this water filter. It's Aquasana. It was like 60 bucks. And I was like, you know what? If it fixes my skin, 60 bucks is 60 bucks. Fine. And I ordered it and it's been four days. And my skin is so clear. Like, yes, there's still bumps and stuff, but compared to what it has been under the makeup, like, it doesn't look angry, inflamed. I'm not getting, like, new acne patches. Like, what was already there is kind of purging. So, we'll see as I continue through my cycle because we all know that that screws everything up. But, like, yeah. So, that is the update on that regard. I'm very hopeful about this and, like, excited to see what it does with my eczema because I'm really hesitant to use topical steroids because I've also seen topical steroid withdrawal and if you don't know what that is look that up that's scary <laughs> so I'm, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do all that I'm trying to stay away from it but like the whole top of my hand in this little region is covered but yeah so anyway that's the top of the top there uh what else what else what else <laughs> uh do you guys remember ghosty the mayor that I competed on a couple of times for my boss, Sunny, and um, she she passed. Was it last year? Was it last year? No, it was the year before last. Yeah, it's twenty two. I think. Yeah, I think she passed in twenty twenty. Um, and she had. Sorry for that terrible sound. Um, she gave birth to Astro, and then a month after, we didn't do a necropsy on her, but I'm pretty sure that the reason she passed was a complication from being a maiden mare and then having a gigantic baby. And so she she passed a month after he was born, just colicked and got cast. I did a whole podcast episode on it if you're interested uh, in why how she died. It was terrible, and I'm the one that like found her and had to do everything. It was bad. But... Um, yeah, so she had Astro, and we've had him for two years. I mean, I think he was born in 2020, uh, April, I think. And, uh, you know, my boss bred and fold out him and Dexter. They have the same sire, Cap Irish Charmer, and Astro is out of ghosty or ghostly appeal and dexter is out of uh dixie which is dixie trip you can look up their equipaces if you're into like thoroughbred stuff but um 
Cap Irish Charmer is an Irish draught, so they're both Irish sport horse geldings. And um, they're two. They were born, I think, like four, four days apart, maybe. I could be wrong. It might be a week. I don't remember. But, uh, you know, we ever since we moved from the other farm, I mean, we had over 50 horses at the other farm. And long before we moved, we were trying to downsize. So we were selling horses and whatnot. And um, it's been like two years, I think. I don't know. Time isn't real with COVID. I mean, it's really just like screwed up my perception of time. But um, ever since we we moved, we've been selling horses because this property, while it's much larger than our last one, it doesn't have the setup. Like the last one had a bunch of little paddocks and it also had big pastures. It had a really big backfield. And this one has a really big backfield, lots of woods, but it's not fenced. And so we have three big pastures and we just built like kind of a temporary relief field so that we can like, you know, when they destroy one, we can move that herd onto this relief field, let this one grow back and then move them back um, to try and save the land because we only have three big fields. And I think, let me double check because I keep a list of all of the horses because it's, it's a lot. In total, we have 19 horses, including my two. And then Simba, Simba's at race training, so that's a total of 20, but Simba's not here right now. Um, so we have 19 horses, and um, we're trying to gradually get them sold. And, um, you know, the ones that aren't sellable or, like, are just straight-up retired or old broodmares, they are here till they pass. But, um, you know, the ones that can be, we're slowly trying to move them like Danny is for sale right now but he is pretty much positive reinforcement home exclusively so if you're interested hit me up uh I've got to take some confirmation photos of him but he there's an ad on my website now if if you want to look over that but Astro is um also for sale and I think my boss has him sold and it was it was a hard decision because obviously Ghosty is like so core and such a a part of us and like she was just such an amazing mare um and astro is such a a great baby and he's so so cool and smart and talented and gorgeous um but you know we're we're downsizing and me and sunny have had lots of conversations about it we were like we have too many horses for the property because we have three big fields and at one point we had like 10 horses per field and it was it was a little like ugh, they're not really that big and the horses were having a hard time like getting away from each other if they needed to and um the resource guarding was getting kind of like unnerving because there's not enough room and so we are just like slowly trying to thin the herd and we're getting there and you know I was like wouldn't it how like just imagine if we didn't have so many horses that we were constantly stressed about repairing fences and getting so-and-so taken to the vet or getting all their teeth done and spending like having their feet done and their teeth done a multi-day all-day affair like what if we just had like four or five (laughs) manageable horses and then once it's down to that you know maybe we take on one project at a time because you know Sunny isn't like a, a a big 
prolific training barn or anything like that. These are her personal horses. And, you know, she helps out people from the track and is like, yeah, let's take on this one. I'll see if I can rehome it um, and whatnot. But we've had like a really bad streak lately uh, with the thoroughbreds that we've gotten off the track. And it's just, it's been really stressful because it's just, it's been more complicated and more like, just like trying to get them rehabbed and fixed and everything. And so I'm just kind of like, what if we just took a break from all of the, you know, all of the things and focused on the farm and working with the babies and helping them along and, she kind of came to this like, okay, we we need to focus on our horses, like I've said. And she was like, okay, I need to pick one of the boys because I'm not, I don't have time because I have Wiley and Six and I don't have time to do two babies. I, I need to pick one. And I think Dexter is the more low-key chilled out one that'll be a good adult Amy horse in the future. And I agree. You know, it's always hard to tell when they're young, like what they're going to be when they're older. And it's kind of impossible to say, but just having known both of them since they were baby babies, Dexter has always been more cautious and thoughtful and slower and like just more low key overall. And Astro is like a child of chaos and him and Azula, we always said we're like the gangbusters crew, the destructive duo, because they were always into everything and just causing chaos all the time and so um you know ultimately that was the decision she made was like okay I've got to find Astro somebody that fits him I can't take on any more horses and I while I loved ghosty Astro is not my type I like my thoroughbred mares (laughs) um and also I'm poor like not like you know, I, I'm not trying to be like derogatory, but like I, do, I really don't, I'm not even in a financial place to have, have bought Azula. <laughs> so I can't take on another one. And I know the internet likes to be like, why don't you buy him? Where's the money? <laughs> Become a patron. But uh, yeah, so Astro, uh, this morning we vetted him and he is maybe maybe we'll be leaving soon. Um, that's going to be a hard, hard day, but I, I woke up this morning at like six 30, just wide awake. And about seven, my vet called me and was like, come on, come give him a vet check and you know, we'll do his PPE. And oh my God, so hot, like absurdly hot this morning. And I, I was out there for an hour while I came around waiting on the vet to get here five minutes down the road (laughs) oh dear it's it just is that way and so I have already had a shower this morning because I'm sweating to death and I'm not like super like grossed out by being hot and sweaty it's that my body will literally revolt and I'll be become uh, what (laughs) I'll become covered in eczema so no thanks and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really not sure that that's how that works, but that is my perception of it. So that's, that's how I live my life. Um, I need to get back to my notes here. I, I did ask you guys on the survey if you preferred organized or free flowing. And the common answer was a combination of both. I gotta flip my earring down there. It's getting uncomfortable. Um, yeah, so he got vetted this morning. He passed his vet check. And so now... We will see and I'll update you guys when we know something, if he has in fact sold and will be leaving. I know Azula, God, I hate that like, 
I know that it needs to happen-ish, but also, like, mm, that's Azula's best friend. But she is really close with Silvers in the field now, so, you know, there's that. I just I hate that logistics and finances and things like that come in between horses having friends. But uh, I do understand that we do need to downsize and also not having the time to give Astro, like, appropriate attention and training because... I'm super busy. I barely have time to do my job here as it is. And uh, my boss is also busy. I mean, she has a kid and <laughs> like three other horses. It's it's a lot. So anyway, um, yeah. So the this episode, getting into the topic there, there's the, the update. And now we'll be diving into the, the, the beef, the meat of the episode, if you will, um, is, is how hot it's been and just a little bit about my thoughts on like what we're doing to keep the horses cool and the heat because uh right now it's June like the end of June coming July and this week has been brutal like brutal brutal my coworkers that feed in the mornings and in the evening have been hosing the horses off after they get done feeding in the morning and then hosing the horses off before they feed in the afternoon and then I'm hosing off at noon. And so I've spent the past three days for like an hour, you know, hosing the horses off in the middle of the day. And it's so hot. I'm dying. But uh, at least, you know, it's water. So I'm getting to like stay semi-cool. But the horses have just been blowing so hard. And yesterday I finally called my boss and was like we gotta change up the field situation because we had like Zoe's field in the relief field and they there's just not a whole lot of shade and they have to go in the back corner but they want to stand with the geldings and then the geldings don't get in the shade because they want to stand with the mares and so it's 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 just chaos so they all hung out on the fence line in the broad sunlight so I'm I moved them back into their original fields and it seems to be be doing the trick but um, we were hosing everyone off and, uh, just, just because I think that, you know, within the past, like five, six years or so, it's become more common knowledge, but still, I, I feel like there is some misinformation about it. The, um, the hosing off fallacy that if you leave the horse soaked without sweat scraping them, then it insulates and they get hotter, which is not true. We know this now with science, um, that if you're not aware that when you hose horses off, it is okay to leave them dripping because it, the evaporation cools. Like if you hose yourself off, then you're like, when the water evaporates, you cool off. That's what sweat does (laughs) because you, perspire and then when it evaporates it makes you cooler I think I said that three times in a row sorry I don't I'm not super fantastic at explaining that um but you can look up more information about it the horse.com probably has a article written by a PhD about it but um yeah so it's I was just standing out there spraying everyone who wanted to be sprayed off and it was it was funny to see the horses that last year when it wasn't as hot would um that were not about the hose and like did not did not want to be sprayed off and were very afraid of it are now the ones that are like come spray me like Astro was terrified of the hose and he was so funny every time he saw me coming he would trot up to the fence and start like pawing at the gate and 
like being like spray me please please and anytime I try to spray anybody else he would just work his way in front of the hose and uh yeah so yeah I got a lot of them hosed off and they would slow their breathing but then yesterday it just like the real feel yesterday was 106 and I think on Saturday because I'm recording this on Thursday on Saturday it's going to be 108 so definitely glad they're back in their fields and Azula is in the field with the pond and I know that she will make use of it so that that brings me to what I would like to talk about in this episode is um like working through the hosing issue so Azula is a very suspicious and hesitant cautious if you will individual but there's a pond in her field and she absolutely loves to play in the pond, like gets in belly deep, lays down rolls. Her head's gone under many times and she loves to splash in it. Like we have a joke around here that if it's above 40 degrees Fahrenheit, she is in it pawing and just splashing. Even when it's freezing outside, she's like, okay, this is fine. So it was it was so weird to me because everybody else, even the ones that hadn't liked to be sprayed before, came around on it really fast. But Azula was just like, mm, I'm not a fan of the hose and the flying water situation. And so she was she was very cautious of it, which I expected because I that's my filly. She's she's like, You can't ever just assume that I will learn something without taking extensive work so which is good it makes me work and learn how to train different things but so I went out there yesterday and I was like it's too hot today and there is little to no breeze so we need to figure this out so there's this little aisle way uh that I could let her out into so after I sprayed everybody else off and she I could tell she was like maybe but like no I opened the the little gate to the aisle way let her in and I'm fighting Astro and like, stay, don't go in with her. It's, he, God, he wants to so bad. And so I, I shut her in there and she, we've worked in there a couple of times. So she's very familiar with it. And I had my treat pouch on and Azula is incredibly food motivated because I've mostly only worked with her using scratches as reinforcement, but I didn't think that that would be reinforcing enough for something that she's a little bit wary of. So I brought some alfalfa pellets and then in a separate pocket had some of the grain that she eats that she really likes as like a bonus reinforcement. And so, you know, I had the hose on and running because it's, it's like, I think we have 400 foot of hose to go out to that bag field. So I, uh, like you have to turn it on and then by the time you get to the end of it, the water might have come out. And so I'm standing there with it and just when I would lift it, if she like look at it at all, I would click and reinforce. And then just gradually building up from there, I'd like move the hose, not, not at her, but like into her line of sight. And if she looked at it, I click and reinforce. And then it got closer and closer uh, to where she would target it. She's very familiar with targeting. So I'd say touch and she would move towards it. And when she got close, I click and treat. And then she got to where she put her nose in it. I click and treat. And then uh, I kind of switched to like holding my hand out as a target and saying touch to that. Reinforced her a couple times for that. Then brought the hose from the side really far away from me at first. And then gradually closer clicking each time I moved it closer. And then as I got closer to her feet, um, I just clicked her for that. And then kind of 
somewhere in the middle, it, it seemed more like more, I don't know if it's efficient, but it was just, I was going really fast. So I kind of moved into classical conditioning. So if like, cause you know, once it gets close to their feet, it starts kind of splashing up. And so it was getting, it was touching her. So I was just feeding her while that was happening. Um, and then when I moved the hose away, I stopped and then when I brought it back closer, I presented the food again and then so on and so forth. All the, all the while I'm saying I'm monitoring her stress level and trying to stay below threshold. So I'm not like making her choose between something she really wants and something she's afraid of. I was pairing the two that when the hose is there, this is the reinforcer. And then, you know, if it, if the drop splashed her a little bit, I would continue feeding her if it got on her and remove the hose still. So a little bit of classical, a little bit of operant, um, but it was a little bit too fast to be like really operant. Um, and then I backed up to where I have the hose spraying at her, but not touching her, um, just lightly in front of me and then asking her to target my hand. And I would say target, which is the cue for follow touch is my cue for stationary. I just need you to touch it with your nose and target is my cue for follow. And so hold out my hand and say target and then walk backwards and she would walk towards the water. So this is the point when I'm like, and this might've been too much for one session, but it was very hot. And I was like, I haven't worked on this before. And it's a little bit of pre Mackie principle kind of day because it's so hot. Like once she's comfortable with it, it will feel really nice because even though it was semi cold water, it it's so hot. It really wasn't super cold. It even felt good on me when normally I'm like mm, cold water doesn't know, but, um, she, so I'm having her walk into the water and her choosing to walk into the water and then uh, removing it after I click and feed and then continuing on to do that. And all the while, like each time that I kind of switch something might've been a little bit of a break because, you know, she's, she's two years old and she's in an area that she doesn't get to explore very often. And there are other horses there. So she would occasionally walk away. And this was also, you know, an indication to me a little bit of like, maybe my criteria is too high, or maybe this is, isn't the right approach for her. So, you know, I'm, I'm explaining it to you in the way of the different approaches that I tried to find out what worked best for her. And so I think kind of all of them together was just like different forms of association, maybe work to generalize it. Um, I don't know if that it was the most like clear, well thought out approach, but um, I was just kind of like testing different things. And I think Azula is pretty familiar with me doing that at this point. So she wasn't like nervous or alarmed or running away from it or anything. And then it got to where, um, so I would have her target and it was spraying her ankles, clicking and feeding, and then have her target towards me and walk into it. And then I might stop. And then when she got really close and then it might've sprayed her knees a little bit, click and treat. And that is only something to do if you can click before the horse, you know, maybe spooks, try not to incite a spook. You want them to be comfortable before you um, move up that way. And so I didn't get that response from her um, when it touched her knees. And so uh, working up from there to her chest and then then after she was comfortable with her chest, I switched to the the feeding at the same time as the hose presentation because she was getting pretty comfortable with it. So I'd have her walk into it and then feed with the hose and um, she wasn't moving away. And then I'm scratching her shoulder because she has this one spot and I talk about it in the Athlete Azula episode 
but I'm scratching her shoulder with the hose in my hand. So it's like I'm feeding, scratching, and hosing all at the same time. So doing my best to hit all the reinforcements and give her jackpots when it touches her. That's a detail I missed. So feeding jackpots when the water touches her to make that really, really good association for something that's potentially aversive. And um, then somewhere in there, it just completely flipped to where she no longer needed the food and just was like positioning her body to get the water on different parts. Like, I don't know how to explain it. And I, I didn't film it mostly because it's a hundred degrees outside. And I was like, my phone is going to erupt into flames. But, um, she, I, I didn't film it, but it was so, so clear that she went from like, I don't know about this to, okay, now spray my entire body. I don't even care about the food anymore. And so I was able to spray her all the way down. And then once we were done training, I put her back in with everybody else. And then as I'm spraying all the other horses, because they've all evaporated by the time I get done with the training. Um, and I go to, you know, I start at her feet and she walks forward and I'm able to spray her whole body again. So, um, it was, it was a really easy session. Like it, a lot of times with Azula, things are really complicated because she has such a, a like ingrained flight response that she, an ingrained flight response that she's like really keen to move away when she isn't comfortable with something which is is a good thing because uh, a really strong flight response means not a whole lot of fight response and Azula has hardly ever like there have been a couple of times when I've had a bun on my head I've been talking in a video that she'll like nibble at my bun but that's about as close as we get to like actual aggression and um so she she is very keen to be like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Bye. And she'll just move away or run away or whatever. So um, it's it's sometimes really difficult to work through stuff with her because she would just rather bounce. <laughs> and so I have to be really careful with increasing my criteria, because if if I if I move up in in the difficulty of what I'm asking, she'll just leave before if she's not comfortable and I moved up. So um, I have to be really careful with her and what's was surprising to me about this is I was so all over the place with my training and um I don't know that I went about it in the best way potentially and it always seems like with like I almost wish I could sell my horses to someone else and then like have them ask me to train them because when it's other people's horses I'm like boom 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 this is how you work through it and when it's my horses I'm like oh I don't know maybe like classical maybe operant I don't know like I just I blank out when it's my horses and I think that's just a lack of not making actual shaping plans and writing down my like training protocol but um on that point I am working to get a uh, a training journal up for you guys to to purchase for digital things so you can like journal and keep notes about your training but I have a lot of stuff I want to include in that. So it's going to take me a while to put it together and have it up and available. But uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in that, let me know. But yeah, so that's how I worked through it with with Rue. With Dexter, he was also a little bit wary of the hose. Uh, you know, I said he's the more cautious, laid back one. And I had to work with him through the fence because it was it was just a little bit too much for him to be in there in his field with him with the hose. So I I did the same procedure I did with Azula by 
because he's also familiar with targeting, asking him to come towards me into the water. And then essentially he chooses to walk into the water himself. And so there's a frog on my porch. Cute. (laughs) There's so many lizards too. I've just been watching them this whole time. Um, And also just running with the ADHD here. You guys on the survey told me that that's fine. And to stop apologizing for the rambling, look at my window. If you're watching, I opened it. I thought you guys deserve to see a little bit of nature. And filming on my iPad, for some reason, doesn't totally wash me out to have my window open. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, um, so what I find a lot of times with horses that are fearful is giving them choice is like A1, the best. And so if you allow them to choose whether or not they want to engage with the thing that is maybe frightening and also control it a little bit because you don't want them to go too hard and then scare themselves. So um, allowing them that choice with me being on the other side of the fence, that probably made Dexter feel more safe. Like I can't just come at him and he can really move away if he needs to. And um, also he's choosing to walk into it because the, the fence is chain link. So I could spray it pretty easily through. And just like holding it out and letting him walk into it and then reinforcing and removing the hose when um, when I would feed him. Um, he was one that I could not leave the hose on and feed because it was like it was too uncomfortable for him to uh, have the hose on him. So it, uh, it wasn't like going to be a counter conditioning type situation where I could, you know the good stimulus with the aversive one and then change the aversive one to the good one. It did not work like that. So, um, I quickly aborted that plan. Azula, that was totally fine with her. Cause she was like, ah, okay, maybe it's not that bad. I'm good. Let's do this. And I had also done some operant with her first, but, um, and some distance classical with like presenting it and feeding and then presenting and feeding and then presenting a little closer and feeding and a little closer and feeding. And then, walk into it. And then can I touch you and feed you at the same time? Dexter, it was a little bit more slow going and we didn't end up getting all the way to, I can spray you off. He's just a little bit more, more wary. So I just filled up the, a sponge with the hose and sponged him off. But, um, also by this point I had been out there for nearly two hours and I was like, I want to go inside. So I got, I got all mall hosed off, worked with Azula, got Dexter started. So I was pretty content with, the whole training session vibe. So, um, yeah, hopefully that gives you some ideas on working through that. And, um, I'm hoping to, at some point have some actual shaping training plans that I can put up for you guys to, um, ideally, like I've talked about, uh, I think I talked about it in the last episode, releasing training videos on Patreon, I would also like to release some like shaping and training plans on there as well for different behaviors, like just very basic step-by-step how to work through it. Um, and I might also like have those available to purchase perchance, perhaps. And uh, yeah, so let me know if that's something that you guys would be interested in. Um, just trying to try to side hush a little bit here. Things are tough with them, them all the, the prices rising and stuff stressful out in this world um but you guys know that so is it is a challenging time we live in at the moment but uh yeah so i i also wanted to talk a little bit about the responses from the survey just because it really surprised me with how many there were like first of all uh, again like i said 
I can't believe that so many of you actually answered the survey. I was not expecting that. I was expecting maybe like 13 <laughs> whole responses. And uh, there's there quite a few. So thank you guys again. And so many of you guys were so sweet. Like uh, there's a section where I asked like, is there anything else you want Jill to know? And so many of you, like I fully expected that to be like, yeah, just tweak this about the podcast or something. But so many of you like took it as an opportunity to like be like, I love the show it's what got me into podcast or like, I, I really appreciate what you're doing. And that just, ugh, it made me so happy to read through all of those last night. And like, like sometimes it's, I know that I'm putting so much work into this and that it's kind of a baby project at the moment and that it will take time to grow. But sometimes I'm like, am I doing this for any particular reason? But to know that there are at least a couple of you that are really like, this is my favorite thing. I, I love it. Even if it's not your favorite, but like I, it's something you really enjoy that makes me very happy. And I know the podcast has changed a little bit because it started out as like very, you know, positive reinforcement education. And now it's kind of shifted and I'm in this limbo where I'm like, I don't know, I want to do more with it. And I want to, I want to do something different with it and, and also maintain some of the same elements. So I'm kind of like trying to, you know, feel it out, do the temp test, see what, what works for me, what works for you guys. And, uh, I think, I think we're getting there. And so it's just, it's been really fun. And I really appreciate those of you that are like so kind and patient with it. But, uh, I, I took notes on who you guys recommended, uh, for guests and on the topics and stuff. And so I'll be diving into that a little bit, but also one of you, since they're anonymous, I don't know who said it, but one of you recommended that we do some segments of some sort. So I added in a question to the survey of like, if you have segment ideas. So if you've already taken it, you can skip through all the questions and just submit the, uh, the segments one. And if you haven't taken the survey yet and you have a segment idea, you can do the whole thing if you want. You don't have to answer all of the questions or any of them if you don't want to. But, um, yeah, so the like to have a closing segment, they recommended like maybe having a quote or something or and I I do have an extensive list of quotes in my notes on like in my notes app. Um like here, let's see one of them. Let me find one. Hmm. Right now I'm only seeing like the most basic quotes. Um there's nothing permanent except change. Hereticless. Uh, a lot of my favorites are from the Dalai Lama, uh, where ignorance is our master. There is no possibility of real peace. I think that applies to horse training pretty well, but yeah, so, uh, I, I could, could throw out a quote that's awful short though. And so I don't know if that's, if that's the one, but, um, they also suggested like doing a listener question and I think I, I may make a survey like type document where like you guys, you guys that clicked on the survey link and you'll see it down in the description if you haven't. Uh, I think I might make another forms document like that and have you guys submit questions. That way I will have to put a character count on it because uh, we, we, we've been through the, the Q&A thing before and oof, wow, that got, it got very intense. <laughs> so uh, they, the questions got very long and then it's like 30 minutes of me reading before I can answer the question and then I have to hit every point. So just kind of like a basic topic 
a question. So I, I may start doing that and then I'll answer one or two kind of like an advice segment at the end of each episode. Uh, that might be something that we could do. If you're interested in that, let me know. And um, yeah, so the other thing that I really appreciated from you guys was the to not apologize for all of the the rambling and the ADHD tangents and stuff. A lot of you were like, my brain works like yours does. So I follow it very easily when you are all over the place and it doesn't feel like that. It feels like I'm just talking to a friend and it's very casual. So I, I love to hear that. <laughs> uh, there was one that was like, uh, cause there's a question that asks what's your favorite or which podcast has your favorite structure. And somebody said Warwick's like I like that it's kind of conversational intuitive but there's an overarching overarching arching arching overarching topic or message that it all comes back to and I read that and legitimately said to myself out loud yeah I know I don't know how he does it it's it's honestly a, a true talent so uh, like I try but I just end up derailing really hard and that is just that's me and that's the podcast so don't don't get your expectations super high. Everything I say uh, might not entirely be related, but it will come back around eventually. So uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think about that sort of thing. I'm sorry that so much of this episode has been like a little bit of housekeeping type stuff, but um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I like talking about it. Maybe you guys like listening to it. I don't know. I think it's interesting to hear what you guys think and say, but um yeah, hopefully there's some, some something you can pull from the, the hose training thing because I don't know if it's if it's as hot, uh, uh, hot where you guys are, where I am. Oh my God, I wish you the best of luck in keeping your horses cool and yourself cool. It's very hard to stay adequately hydrated. Like I've had a headache from yesterday. And I woke up with it this morning, so I've still got to hydrate and I don't have a water here my mouth is dry so um we gotta we gotta gotta get back on that hydration train but this episode is very water centric I talked about the the chlorine water filter and you know like the the hose water has chlorine in it I would assume so I'm not sure how that relates but I I'm just I'm trying to minimize my chlorine encounters and whatnot because it's just it's not great to just be absorbing chemicals. We're like frogs and osmosis. I think I learned about that in biology, maybe. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I'm just... <laughs> what is happening? I'm watching a little lizard. Like he's like doing push-ups. I'm assuming that this is a purposeful behavior that they like... Kind of like horses when they lift their head higher and lower to like focus their eyes on something that's right in front of them. Um but it looks like he's doing little push-ups. That's very cute. Go lizard. I wonder if he does CrossFit. Lizfit. I love it. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I could attempt to fill this time with more things, but I think, I think that's about all I've got for this episode. So the, probably the shortest one I've done in like two years, but thank you guys for listening. I hope that you enjoy it. You learn something. You can follow me on all of all of the social places uh, at either Equithery or Jet Equithery. Um, you know, I still haven't decided if I'm merging or not for branding purposes or or not. It's whatever. Nobody cares. Thank you guys for listening, and I will catch you guys next Tuesday. Bye.